Hello, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 95 of the Archaeologist Podcast, a show where we discuss everything and anything that has to do with Ark Survival Evolved. I'm your host, Sean D. Knight, and with me are a number of players that are here to offer their insights and opinions on the latest topics, strategies, and upcoming features or patches. As I call it our participants for tonight, say hello to the listeners and how many hours you have in Ark. Rico! Howdy, y'all. I'm actually closing on 4900, finally. Right on. Drake Vanders! I'm currently sitting at 1953 hours. And back from his time of uh, drinking and debauchery, leg day. Hey, it's good to be back. Uh, well, it looks like my counter did not roll over for that one half hour I was on in between trips, but it's at 3,959. <laughs> just just about to get that 4K. I'm, I'm reaching for it. Indeed. And you've come back at the perfect time because this week Wildcard released a trailer for Extinction, which is our Survival Evolved final DLC, and it is pretty much all we're going to be talking about this week. Oh, and uh, we're going to discuss what weapons and gear to bring to a 1v1 PvP situation. But before we get to all of that, let's hit up the YouTube comments. I'm a freaking beast, writes. I understand how using gates as a base border wall sounds and is stupid in PvP, which is why I did mention PvE. A lot of people actually use the gates because of the exact reason you mentioned. 99% of people don't have to worry about being attacked in PvE. That said, if something like I mentioned was implemented to hinder the spamming of gates and foundations, HP ramp up time, it would most likely impact PvP on an equal or larger scale than PvE because of how gates are commonly used. I've been wishing they'd separate the PvP changes from PvE since historically they've just made things more complicated in PvE, but it's clear that separation will never happen. I think that gates wouldn't be used nearly as much for base borders if the rendering of, say, 1,000 walls was done as one unit of render instead of a thousand individual pieces that get rendered one by one every time a player comes within range, then sort of decompiled in memory as a thousand units after all the rest of the rendering was done. Admittedly, it's just an idea coming from someone with no background developing games. Not sure if anyone else has ever really noticed, but making mental note of the levels of one row of wyvern eggs then eat one or drop it. Now, look at the levels of the remaining eggs. They scrambled, no pun intended. Same thing with multiple pieces of the same material and piece of armor. It makes inventory management a pain. So you yeah, jumped across um, a couple topics there, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, first thing is, if you, uh, in, in your inventory, there's a uh, thing that lets you uh, set the ordering. By default, it's set to unordered. There's no sorting in your inventory. Set it to alphabetical, wait, something, and you won't run into that problem anywhere near as much. I have seen it occasionally where the where eggs will get scrambled in your inventory, but usually if you just click that and then re-click it, it'll go back to the prop it'll go back to the proper order. If you just resort it to the exact same setting you used earlier, it'll take care of that scrambling problem. As yeah. to the rendering thing he mentioned, he is one hundred percent right. I've seen it because there are several mods where as you put up more and more walls, it'll start to assign textures to a 3x3, three three, a 4x4, four four, a 5x5. Five five. And it does vastly reduce loading times for bases. Which is partly the reason why I still think that wildcard should add some kind of big wall. Well, it's not even a big wall. This is, uh, once you get enough of the walls laced in, the game loads the texture for the single one that now covers the 3x3 three three area rather than all nine of the individual walls. But it's it like won't merging start walls doing into a that. Object. Yeah, it won't start doing that until you get to until you until it fits a certain size. Once it fits that size, it will not do anything other than load it that way unless an individual section gets damaged. Hmm. Interesting. I, I've seen it done in mods, so I know it's possible, and I know it has a massive effect on your load timer. 
course, the mods that do that also ma have a massive effect on the server load, so that's why I stopped using them. But do once well, you're in game, it's much better. All right, so let's move on to the next comment. Kibaniko Wolfboy, the only suggestion if Prime or the stack have this limit to three to five, and Martin at least least two, because it's powerful, but it doesn't. Okay. It sounds like he's, his point's going to be that he wants to buff the stacking of Mutton and Prime. Yeah, which I think is really needed because to the point where like you're trying to harvest a sheep and your inventory is nothing but just lines and lines and lines of Prime Mutton. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I can't, it, sometimes I install stack mods on our server and it, I don't know, it like bugs out certain stacks. Like you could have up to a thousand prime meat and it's like, what's the point of having storage? So they did change uh, the way prime works a while ago, right? Remember how bad it was in the early days? Oh yeah, oh, it would like spoil in a minute. Yeah. I think it was two minutes at the time. I kind of oh, like yeah, it, it now, it's... but... It's now what, seven or nine minutes in your player inventory? I think so, yeah. Oh no! I think it's still two. Prime raw prime meat is still two minutes. Um, raw prime fish lasts for six to seven mm, minutes. Right. Um, um, the other thing as well is that it was one minute in scorched earth if you didn't have preserving salts. That's what I was oh, thinking of. Oh yeah! Whoa. Preserving salts were awesome. Oh yeah, definitely. You put them on the island, and it's like, uh, do I even need a preserving bin? <laughs> <laughs> I think what we need to take away from this is wildcard. Where is our mutton equivalent for herbivores? Hmm? Hmm? Yeah, I I still kind of wish like they added some kind of uh, fruit to the game which functions as that. Yeah. Or like, at least made um, honey be the equivalent of mutton. Yeah, well, it kind of is and it isn't for some dinos, but eh. Yeah. I mean, if if they made it so that they, each vegetable was a like the prime equivalent to a certain dino, so like kind of like rock, how carrots are used for the horses, and um, like I don't know, maybe feed potatoes to Brontos. Yeah, <laughs> I like that idea. I mean, right now everything's just mayo berries. Yeah, or in case of a dodo, Tinto berries. The only, the only dinosaur, the only creature in Ark that actually gets a benefit from eating something other than Mejo. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Alright, uh, final comment comes from No Heart, who simply said, cool. Alright, man. Totally right. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was an easy one. Now, easy. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to Thread's tweets. There was a post on Reddit about GM abuse. Unfortunately, one of the idiotic moderators decided to delete it, but only after Walker Chris did respond to this particular Redditor saying, I took a few minutes to investigate this. You're correct that you were being investigated for real money trading, but the undermesh base that we saw in person is what resulted in the dev wipe. Hope that helps clear things up. I'm trying to remember what the um, complaint was. I think it was really that uh, a GM was personally contacted, a pocket dev you might say and just came in to do deal with it all it's all about who you know unfortunately yeah. there always is that and it, it's i mean the fact is that wildcard doesn't i think their problem isn't so much that they have uh pocket dms or whatnot which we can't prove whether or not they do and i know i give them crap about, uh, about it but sometimes appearance matters more than reality especially when it comes to the appearance of impropriety yep 
Indeed. But in this case, the finding of the dev was believed correct, right? There's some shenanigans. Yeah, there's um, under the hand stuff going on. So it was deserved. Mm. Kind of hard to feel sorry for him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Lucky Boy 28 writes, Archaeology event. Praise where it is due. And he goes on to say, Wildcard managed to do a few things very right with this event, and I wanted to highlight those things in the hopes that Wildcard will keep up the good work in the future. Uh, it's widely accessible. Many of Wildcard's previous events, holidays, etc., have not been widely, widely accessible. For example, players who wanted to decorate their base during Christmas were forced to fight for the Raptor Claws presents in order to get mistletoe, which they could spend to buy Christmas lights, trees, stockings, etc. During a time when everybody should have been able to freely decorate a base, it was instead limited to people who were able to PvP the best or people who had the fastest mounts, and it required an obscene amount of farming just to get a few basic decorations up. The worst part, all of these decorations and all the players' hard work would disappear as soon as the event ended, so players never really had time to enjoy the decorations. However, for the archaeology event, Wildcard enabled it for all players, you don't even need a tool to gather the spawns, and everybody gets their own spawn piles, nobody has to fight for them. Grind and reward balance. The costumes were affordable, you could unlock most costumes within an hour of playing, meaning that players wouldn't have to grind constantly in order to unlock the stuff they wanted. Pretty great! The red bone piles containing better items was a nice touch. It keeps other players motivated while they search in the hopes that they'll get something good. It's highly adaptive and deployed to all maps. Finally, an event that wasn't limited to the island. The bone piles are generated by a buff on the player, meaning that it works on every map with zero integration effort required on the part of modern map makers, etc. This is very awesome. Good job. Thematic. Having players dig up bones to make bone skeleton costumes, that's thematic, and it's awesome. This should be standard for every Halloween holiday event. Giving players candy cane skins in July because they finished an achievement is not thematic. The event obviously has a fair number of bugs and problems, and it was overhyped with the countdown. But otherwise, you did a great job of implementing a solid event, Wildcard. I really hope this can serve as a model going forward for future events. Uh, when it comes down to events, I'm still waiting on the werewolf transformation. <laughs> Will never happen. Well, I mean, yeah. to, add, uh, to, add, uh, to add something that remotely resembled magic into the game properly, they had to have a, a freaking uh, modder do it. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. What was it, uh, Dragon? Dragon uh, yeah, it actually worked pretty well, and I'm really looking forward to uh, to their uh, to the full launch of their uh, their map and everything next uh, next month. Hmm. Yeah, I've been I checking out say... their dinosaurs and stuff, and it's like if 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 you were into the fantasy creatures, check out Dragon Punk. <laughs> you know. The farming requirements for some of these events, though, has been insane in the past, where I've been oh, not yeah. motivated to do it at all. Uh, the last one I really kind of did, I think, was the first Christmas event. And even then, like like the... Uh, the first Christmas, you... the first Halloween, those were so much fun. But it, mm -hmm. well, the they were fun for were... us when we, were, uh, when we were dominating the server in the middle of a war. <laughs> but yeah, well, people had chances to go after them themselves. I was very disappointed when those decorations just poofed. You know, I thought we'd yeah. keep them, oh, yeah, put them in a box. Yeah. The I was Halloin looking forward to putting them in the was, attic. Kind of I thing. was so angry because my base looked so awesome with the decorations. I the will admit, stones. I will, I will admit with the Halloween decorations, I liked those more over the Christmas decorations. Yeah. Because with the Christmas decorations, I'd always thought maybe they... Because the majority of them were like the trees, the reefs, the lights, and everything else. You'd think, 
hmm, maybe I could just go around the environment and pick them up in the environment like you can with the, uh, the Halloween stuff. Mm-hmm. But no, you got to get them out of loot, candy corn loot drops. My thing is, what, what would have been the harm to let them stay? So someone had Christmas lights on their base for a year, big deal. It's not like it there's was, an arc Oh, PvP, you probably wouldn't have lasted a year, would have been yeah, really yeah, destroyed. Yeah, that's right. Things would have recycled naturally. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I don't understand like, why they couldn't have done it, and like how you do, how they do it with skins and everything else. Like, you have that setting in the options. Why not have, like, just every game... Once it's unlocked in your game code, it's unlocked permanently, and you always have a skin for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, they do it with... Um, I don't even know anyone who has it now, but they had uh, a lot of people had uh, Survival of the Fittest trophy in their inventories for the longest time. They still have it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not holding out too much hope for this year's event, though, because it seems like the DLC is going to be happening at the same time. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. can imagine that a lot of the future events towards the DLC is going to be either copy-paste previous events, or it's going to be like... Oh, look, now you can find these unique colored dinos again. Yeah, uh, I said this last year when they, uh, was it last week they announced the event or the week before? But uh, personally, you know, I really don't care about the event. Some new, um, it's pretty cool that they added in some new Explorer notes, but I'm not going to take the time to go chase them down. Yeah. Um, I don't care about the costumes and outfits because for the first two years they were doing this, and then all of a sudden all those skins were un- now unlocked by doing achievements. And it's like, well, Thanks for wasting all my time. Mm-hmm. Let it be easily accessible to everyone else. To be entirely honest, I never liked almost any of the skins. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I like the uh, when they first the skeleton ones. Do you remember the last time the skeletons were on the map and I was still playing? I was mm-hmm. going around and getting them and then giving them away. <laughs> I was only collecting them because I knew some of uh, some members of the tribe really wanted this one, and they weren't going to be able to be on that much that uh, during the event. Yeah. Well, we also mm. wanted them for PvP as well because back then it didn't show how damaged a dino was. Yeah, there was there was that. I mean, even the special ones that you get off of the uh, off of uh, just killing alphas and stuff. Outside of, I always thought that the uh, the the trike bone helmet looked good with the uh, fur armor. That, that was about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, I like to get the top hats for my monkeys. Hmm. Well, I must admit, in terms of, like, skins, I was always sort of jealous. It's like, we had the Raptor bo- the Rex bone costume, the Trike bone costume, but we never got any other helmet, like, bone costume skins or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, um, well, no, we did get the wolf headdress, I think, as well as the... Uh, Oh, the werewolf headdress, uh, yeah. Yeah, werewolf headdress, and then you also get... I know there was talk about them adding in, like, a deer and a bear one, but then it got cut last minute. Uh, I don't know why I'm to those. They might have gone to their Chinese ARC Online version. Yeah, maybe. Uh, the, the Manticore skins, those are ones I always wished were actually unlocked to your account once you beat the boss of the various difficulties, because th- that skin I actually like the appearance of. Yep. Mm. Except for the shield, and not because it doesn't look good, because I think it looks amazing. It's just, no matter what shield you use, if you equip that skin to it and you raise your shield, your shield now occupies your entire screen. Oh, yeah. No bueno. All right. Uh, let's move on. There's the Community Crunch 136. Really not much there. They announced a countdown, which revealed Extinction trailer. They talked a little more about the archaeology event going live. Talked about 
the uh, community live stream going live as well, which I did not watch, and so I really don't have anything to say about. They released more small tribe servers, and that's pretty much it aside from, you know, mod community updates and, you know, ARK's biggest sale, yada, 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 which really isn't that big compared to what it, well, compared to what it, the inflated price was now. So, uh, a little bit of a sad story here to close out the threads and tweets section. And this came from Zion NC who wrote, Hey community, I mostly lurk around here, but I felt I needed to let the wildcard team know something. I can never thank wildcard enough for making this game. In January, my best friend found out she had stage 3 colon cancer. While going through chemo, she could no longer do the things that she loved, like running her charity for abandoned dogs in El Paso, Texas. Ark was the one way she could get her mind off the world and keep doing what she loved, taking care of animals. Even though it was just a video game, it helped her cope with what was happening. She passed away last week, and Ark was one of the last things I got to do with her. I'll be forever grateful you gave us a world that we could spend together during her last days on Earth. The world we built is still up on PS4 for now. I think I'm going to let the subscription run out this July. I can't bear going back. Still, I wish I could save it as a memorial. Once again, thank you, Wildcard, for the experience. Sorry for any misspellings. I typed this on a phone while upset. My bad. Wow. Heavy. Mm. Yep. So, uh, rest in peace. And I'm glad that she found some comfort in the game and had a good time. And it's amazing how many people get involved with the game just for taking care of babies and all the dinos that they tame. Oh, yeah. It just it, it keeps them... Keeps them just occupied enough. It's uh, like I knew of one one friend who was really into the Half Life scene, but he was playing it constantly because he had a kidney disease, and to get mm-hmm. rid of the pain, he just played that non-stop just to get just to get his uh, focus off the pain. Yeah, video games are good therapy. That's for sure. Oh yeah, until but- some jerk off comes and kills everything. But I think they were playing PVE, so... I'm very glad that it worked out for these guys, but in general, I don't know if I would prescribe Ark as a way to uh, enjoy your last days. (laughs) Well, they they went PVE and not PVP otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's move on to patch notes. Uh, Not really much. Uh, Version 280.115 came out, and it was simply fixed bug causing archaeology bones to disappear after restart. And that was it for patch notes for the week. Wow. So short, <laughs> short and sweet. Short and sweet. <laughs> well, it is now time to gird up our loins in preparation for this war of words as we charge down Arc Avenue. Loins. Loins. That's a weird yeah. word. I'm not sure if that's a grunt or I should actually compliment you on the wordsmithing there. <laughs> a little bit of both, I think, is what I'm going to go with. I'll take it. I will take it. All right, so this was inspired by Steelier, who wrote, Hello, what weapon should I be using for PvP in a 1v1 type duel? Club. Uh, well, <laughs> for melee, yes. For firearm, uh, shotgun. Mm. Or if you want to go... Um, Extra fancy flamethrower. <laughs> so I answered it and I uh, said, personally, there are some things I always carry on my character, such as a whip, shotgun, fab sniper, or long neck, parachutes, plant wide traps, crossbow, grappling hooks, fire arrows, and medical brews. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of a standard loadout that I think is not. I don't know if there's anything that's particular to the 1v1. 
So it, it does depend on whether or not uh, the the terrain, for example, if one guy's up on a cliff and the other one's down on the bottom, obviously you're going to need snipers to deal with them or be able to grapple up to him to you know, level the playing field. Yeah. Uh, could be rocky terrain where you're both on the ground and one of you's got plant wide traps and the other one doesn't. Because I think as well, it's also the issue of what do you do for 1v1 when you're just starting out? You're like, both mm -hmm. parties are like primitive to primitive, and you're just at this point just spamming arrows at each other, side strafing left and right. As crazy as it sounds, throwing spears. If, if you're primitive, mm -hmm. there is a, a throwing spear is a surprisingly effective weapon. If you can land the shots. Hour. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. later game, and this is going to be weird, even though I immediately you know said club, my, my standard long range and short range weapon was the exact same. I used a, a compound bow. Yeah. Yeah. Compound bows are nice. Um, but one problem I find is that, so in my experience from PvP at least, is as soon as you pull out that compound bow, either they start running or they make you a target and they say, oh, I want that compound bow. Yeah, that's about mm -hmm. the only problem with it. But uh, the last time I had to go one v one someone, we were on Scorched. A couple of my, a couple of my guys on Dragons. We were chasing down a uh, dude on a terror that was just annoying people. And uh, eventually, a couple of his other buddies showed up, and I was on Terra because I had just brought it over, and uh, we both ended up on the ground in a rather uh, unfortunate series of events. And uh, both of us had compound bows. The only advantage I had was he landed in the water and was swimming for about half a second longer than I was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but after that, compound bow all the way. Every uh, every time I was in a fight after, uh, after that, even at point blank range. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, yeah. you know, as, as often as these kinds of questions come up, I always find myself struggling with it. It's tempting to say it depends after everything, because it really matters how big your tribe is, what your resources are like, and what you're going to prioritize. But if you have access to Scorched, I'd say going out with a whip is like 100% oh, right. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It, but a lot of times, if you're one, if you're in a one v one situation, one of you is on the ground and one of you is on a pterodon. If you're, let's say, on the island and you're griefing and you're they're hunting you or whatever, in which case, I would really recommend you have a, a, a crossbow and a, a grappling hook to grapple yourself to the ground. Mm -hmm. I mean, the one thing as well, um, especially with crossbow, I very rarely use that for PvP um because it's just so slow the only thing i ever use it for really is a utility purpose and i tend to stick to more of a regular bow and just spam fire arrows if i'm looking for something like a general purpose weapon yeah i always try to have a, a bow a crossbow just for using the grapple hooks because either it's to get out of the claws of a flyer to get me up onto a ledge for height advantage or simply to uh, recover somebody's body that I just killed without yeah. subjecting myself to turret fire or enemy fire. I mean, sometimes I'll use like um, a, a flame arrow and a crossbow if I know that I'm going to get the hit. But otherwise, I'm just going to use regular bows. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everything's situational. But there, there's got to be items that a player should always have on them when it comes to PvP. And obviously, like you said, the whip. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say medical brews or some kind of healing, like um, blood bags as well, if you don't have yeah. access to medical brews. Um, custom recipes, which imbue you mm -hmm. with uh, stamina and health, uh, is also a very useful one. Um, yep. I know I knew a guy who made a battle brew who um, effectively managed to give you 500 health and 500 stamina. 
almost uh, not instantly, but it over like yeah, but oh, it was to the point where he could be running around at full sprint and he wouldn't lose much stamina at all. <laughs> Definitely. He, he basically became the tank at that point, even though he didn't really have that much HP. He had like 300 HP or something like that. Yep. But he was regenerating <laughs> it back so fast with a combination of medical boots. <laughs> and by the way, when you said club, uh, Paranoid also said that in the comment section, saying club with 160 melee, you can knock out everyone and troll beach bobs. <laughs> Never so I would counter that with uh, wearing riot boots so that yeah. it will take multiple hits before you get knocked out. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing as well, um, which I would say is uh, not necessarily an item, but it's also a sort of an importance. Uh, we all know that speed is the best defense against in 1v1 combat, right? Mm -hmm. um, watch your weight. Uh, if you're 1v1 and you're, like, almost encumbered, it's probably better just to dump some of the resources that you've got to get a little extra weight weight movement. Otherwise, you're going to be that much easier to hit. Yeah, I think if you're at 70 or 75% of your weight capacity, you slow down a bit, then it's, what, 80 85% you're encumbered? Yeah, yeah, something like that. And then at some, I think once you've maxed out, you're, like, you can't totally... Roll, yeah. yeah. So you want to go into a fight with... No more than maxed out 50% of your weight. Yeah, ideally. Um, I mean, the other thing as well I would say is keep an eye on what armor they're actually wearing as well. I mean, it's all right saying, yeah, I can use a club. Um, but uh, if, because there's some, some guys which I've seen who try to make their riot, riot boots look like flak boots or um, hide boots. Mm -hmm. in this way by just coloring them differently and um the other thing is like i I wouldn't really want to go up against someone with uh say hide and they're wearing uh riot boots to stop people from clubbing them to death i think having i think having a melee weapon is always something that you should definitely have on you yeah melee what? melee bowler whip mm, and a ranged weapon bowlers 50-50, depends on how good of a uh, shot I, you are. I, I would say I would forgo the bolas and rather rely on plant-wise than the bolas. Yeah, I haven't I haven't used plant-wise that much myself, but I'm, I might start using them more, actually. Oh, they're so useful, especially when you're fighting on the ground, and you've got guys on Megalos coming after you, because those get stuck in the plant-wise. Mm. Hey, you know something I wouldn't bring? Uh, too much of anything. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't want to kid out your enemy. <laughs> that's yeah, right. that, that's that's my biggest problem. It's like every time I do a frigging cave raid or something like that, I, I bring a little bit of everything, and sometimes a bit too much. Well, I mean, like, don't bring a long neck and then three thousand rounds of long neck ammo. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> Unless you're using an assault rifle, because you like three hundred rounds is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you, we always run across those whales that have. You know, every weapon under the sun and then hundreds of ammo for each weapon. And it's like, well, thank you. I don't have to farm for a while. Mm-hmm. Or like there's several different sets of armor on them. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Parachutes, I would say, is also another definite to have in your uh, hot bar when you're PvP, and especially 1v1. Because mm -hmm. you never know when you'll get knocked off of a cliff or you might have to jump off a cliff to get away from your opponent. 
I know it might that not. That was my standard defense tactic. <laughs> I know it might not seem like a terribly useful thing in like one v one, but depending on the environment or the area you're situated in, uh, it might be wise taking that one smoke grenade and one poison grenade with you. Um, it's it's kind of like. Okay, this fight's not going in my favor. Time to run, throw a smoke grenade down, and throw a poison grenade down at the same time. Yeah. To, um, like, you you throw a smoke grenade in front of you, you run through the smoke, but then as you're running through the smoke, you drop the poison grenade on the floor. Right, and then when they run and, after you, they get knocked out. They either get knocked out or they start getting torpor and they back out of the, the smoke. Because they don't know which way you go. For all you know, you could have darted out the smoke and just hidden a bush. Yeah. And waited for them to run past. <laughs> uh, bear traps as well also work with uh, the smoke as well if, you, if you're quick enough. Yeah, although how long? it depends on how long the smoke lasts because it takes 30 seconds for a bear trap to deploy now. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you preemptively place it, and you know about it, you could get away with it, but that's if you're like, you know you're going in a 1v1. Yeah. So, um, preferred melee weapon, I think, Rico, you said the club, but and what I about just, a... I, I've always hated the club, uh, just as a concept because of the way torpor affects players, but it's undeniably one of the most useful weapons. You can be naked and win a fight against a guy in top-tier flak. Yeah. yeah. Well, only um... if they're really bad at shooting. Oh, or yeah, you definitely. get the drop on them. Yeah. <laughs> I also remember other oh, things can be used for melee hits. Don't forget, even torches. Yeah. Uh, torches, actually, if you get a really good quality torch and hit them with that, it's like uh, it'll do an insane amount of damage because it'll just bypass armor completely, from what I found. Yeah, it lights, it lights them up on fire for a little while. It does damage over time. Yeah, it stacks, I think, as well with repeated hits. Hmm, I. Didn't know it stacked. It, it doesn't. It doesn't stack as much. I mean, as a cap, we when I was testing it with a friend, like I was hitting him about four or five times, and he stayed on a lit for. I think it, you stay alight for like two to three seconds, and the cap is like nine seconds or something like that. Yep. But by then, you're already dead. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's move on to uh, what we are dying to talk about. Extinction trailer went live, and what was our immediate reactions to it? Take my money. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shut up and take my money. Well, no, actually, I don't need to pay anything because I've got season pass. Same here. Yeah, I think we all have season pass. Do so I? Yeah, that's out. right, huh? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I know that my take my money anyway. For me, <laughs> my reaction feeling to the extinction trailer was. Damn yes to have another DLC and feeling kind of sad as well, knowing that this is probably the last DLC in Ark. Yeah. So you, you can't, I can't, I will admit, I am an Ark fanboy. I play it, I'm almost 2k hours at this point. You know, and at it's this like... point, it really, to me, if we're going to see another one or not, really depends on what they do, if they actually close out the story in a, a significant way. Oh yeah, I do. I do hope they leave the ending kind of open-ended, but at the same time, I don't. I mean, if they do leave it open-ended, it could be one of two things: it's either going to be a DLC or it's going to be Arc Two. Yeah. Who in knows, which maybe case, we'll be, maybe uh, I will say this: I've seen something recently in video games where of the trend of the sequels 
using asset uh, any assets you have from the original like uh, total war 2 is a good example of this where it's basically everything you had from the original game you still have access to and you can still use and it's make is part of the greater game and if they do something like that with arc 2 where it's i mean it's too big to call it another dlc but it's still running on the same basic network oh yeah definitely that, um, that would that would be a form of arc 2 i would accept but for right now my big thing is we're definitely on earth i i've got some wild uh, cr- uh crazy uh, uh theories going on in my head right now but we know so little mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm... um if you guys can pull up the uh or the extinction trailer and we can just go to certain frames and talk about it sure i have it open already on my phone and my computer all right so let's, yeah, uh, let's skip forward to the second seven second mark yeah let's we've got the right popping in and then for those of you who are listening to us you can do the same. Just go to the Art Extinction trailer, and I'll call out the uh, timestamps for you guys to uh, check it out as well. See what we're seeing. I I love that we're seeing at the seven second mark. You start to see one of those uh, big holograms that you saw in the um, command chamber. I, exactly on, on the left there with uh, yep. the T Rex. Yeah. Well, you, it's not even that. You you also saw some of the holograms in Aberration as well, although they were somewhat damaged. Yeah, but this one specifically, it is the global hologram that you saw from the original. And there was so much information that people overlooked in those those original three globes, specifically the one of the current time, because that was the Mm. way you looked at it. And even if you didn't take the time and, you know, go into the assets like a lot of the YouTubers have done, you got to see what Earth was actually like now. And Oh, yeah. I, I discussed it in a previous podcast, the, the physics uh, involved, and I've done some more research to actually have uh, other than just the quick shot off memory. There's no way this happened, uh, Earth happened naturally. Mm-hmm. This is definitely some kind of disaster, whether it's a natural disaster like, say, the asteroid that took out the moon hit the Earth, uh, Earth and everything's destroyed, or this is just the result of whatever took humanity to the state it is now. Yeah. So it is in that frame at the seven second mark that we do see the globe of the Earth flickering between, you know, the Earth we know and the dried out, burned off ocean Earth mm. in the top left of there. Oh, yeah. And uh, the dried out, oceanless Earth is. It, it set my brain in so many different places because that is a lot of water to displace. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and we other... noticed that uh, all the buildings seem to be made out of tech, right? At least that's what yeah. it seems to well, me. Yeah, yeah same technology. I'm, well, we call it tech, but what we refer to as tech gear, like the stuff we build in game, is actually not create is not the same as the technology of the art creators. The stuff that we call tech gear is actually from the 26th century. It's from uh, that group that Helena ran into on Aberration. Right. The guys mm. in the future. Whereas the stuff we see on the arcs and in the arc itself and making up the arc. That's Homo Deus technology, mm-hmm. and yeah. I I got to th- I got to say there even even if at the end of the 26th century a couple of humans were uploaded and went, went transhuman became computers and that's what Homo Deus is and they took humanity's technology a thousand years in a week which believe me when I say this this is why you should be terrified of transhumanism will happen. The moment you create, mm-hmm. a, uh, you upload a human into a computer, or you create an artificial intelligence, give them a week, they will know everything humanity has to learn. <laughs> I, I'm mm-hmm. not even joking. It will. It might not even take that long. Yeah. So let's skip ahead to uh, the 10 second mark, where we yeah. see the shift. So the thing that jumped out at me about the 10 second mark was that I mean, there's the obvious 
flying um, tech there, the zipping yeah. creatures. But also the the use of vertical space again that we kind of saw in uh, Aberration. I'm Which we don't know how that, and we don't really know how much that's going to be involved though. I'm really hoping it's heavily involved, but I, oh, yeah, I think definitely. I see zip lines. I'm not positive that's what. But the, uh, there there lines back, lines. But do remember, there were vines straight uh, going back and forth between sides of canyons on uh, Ragnarok long before we got zip lines. So oh, yeah, those definitely. kind of assets have been in the game in caves as well for a long time. Mm-hmm. They they don't necessarily mean zip line, although I hope they do. The yeah, yeah I, this I is your fir- this is the first shot you see of the blue obelisk, and it's I was one just of the shots. Say of- the obelisk, yeah. It's one of the shots of the obelisk where you can see the uh, uh, where you can see uh, see the snow in the background. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. this is the one where because uh, Drake and I were talking about this before we started, and he had uh, you had said some, uh, what was your theory again about uh, the my, biomes? Okay, so my theory about the biomes in Extinction was that each biome was separated by its own personal shield, and that in order to travel traverse to each of these biomes, you would basically have to go into the corrupted zone. So you'd be going out of these uh, biomes, as in the ending of Aberration, like the shield went down, and then you just saw this barren, burning landscape. So what I think is that between each of these biomes is that burning barren landscape or the corrupted toxic environment and you're going to have to travel between those using some kind of protection in order to get to each of these new biomes. Now the reason I wanted to point this out right at this uh, this frame, if you look at the top of the obelisk just above the diamond that's very near the top, you can see a crosshatch of the of the grid of the hexagon grid the shields are made yeah. of it's between the viewer and the obelisk so i love the possibilities here i love the idea that you just had with the up uh, the violence being in the shields and i think this screenshot supports that i'll tell you my biggest fear about this frame though that that is actually just part of the background artwork shut up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the point That's is though now <laughs> in this shot there's definitely a shield between the viewer yes and yeah, the, the, the obelisk. Also, I'd like to note, if you go to the center of the screen, next to the building, there is a wonderful beauty shot of the broken moon that is considerably more damaged. Say, is that the moon? <laughs> yes, and it's considerably more broken up than yes. what you, than uh, than what was visible during uh, from uh, from the from the end boss of the original, which has me work my brain working on three different angles because. If this is all supposed to be happening in basically one timeline from the character perspective, yeah, that kind of um, radical deconstruction of the moon means that the impact was very recent, which sort of shoots my theory about uh, the impact and the state of Earth being connected. On the alternative, something could have destabilized the presence of the moon, and we know that the uh, one of the arcs was damaged long after the uh, the whole uh, the rest of the project started. So the moon could have been destroyed a long time ago, and it just yeah. took a really long time for it to start breaking up. But whatever happened that destabilized the arc, presumably, I mean, we know in the, in the lore they they indicate it was the bomb, but the bomb only seemed to actually bring down part of the shield of the arc on aberration. Mm-hmm. I, it it seems like it only damaged the arc. It didn't do enough damage for say, you know, a massive explosion to take out part of the arc grid. Well, Something think, else had to have happened. Yeah, I think with the when they exploded the arc, what happened was, what I imagine happened was, is that, yeah, they damaged the arc, and over time, because no repair was made, it just naturally started falling apart from disrepair. And so bits of pieces of that arc started breaking off, and then 
probably at some point the moon must have gotten hit by yeah, the moon's an well asteroid. Out, uh, or... The thing is, the the arc network itself is right up against Earth's outer atmosphere, so it's probably 100, 120 miles away from the Earth. The moon's 400,000. That's not right. It's so obscenely a huge number, though. It's several. Yeah. It is way further, uh, further away than the art, uh, the the art, uh, the art network itself that orbits the entire planet. Yep. Okay, uh, let's move on to uh, the 16-second mark. And here we see the tech creature, which is being called the Enforcer, make an appearance. <laughs> My mm -hmm. first thought was, that's a xenomorph. That is <laughs> yeah. a freaking xenomorph. <laughs> and we get a, a shot of uh, the Giga in the picture as well. We well, also which... see more uh, vines between buildings that we... Mike could assume could be yeah. natural zip lines. I have a concern about this being a little too um, cinematic because of the water on the right-hand side. Yeah. Yeah. Although, not not quite, because um, there's a certain area in Aberration where the water effects seem very similar to what is displayed here. But unfortunately, those water effects you can't actually interact with. Like, mm -hmm. you can't drink from it at all, um, because it's not really there. Yeah. Um, also, I just want to point out, um, it may be, I've mentioned this before, it may be perspective, but I still think that Giga looks awfully small. Mm -hmm. So I figure this little, the Enforcer is what, a quarter the size of the Rex of Raiden? And the Rex Probably, yeah. might be half the size of that Giga, so maybe? Well, but, I mean, I'd like to point something out. To uh -huh. assume that we're riding, uh, well, now we do switch from the head of the Rex, so... Yeah, if the if the if the enforcer is that size, and then when you get up to the giga, that giga does seem fairly small. I think it's just a matter of perspective and the distance. I well, think there's also isn't... something else. Basic, uh, you know, uh, balcony construction. There's no reason to assume that the balcony area where the uh, where the giga is standing would be any wider mm. than the balcony area you're standing on. And if that that giga, and if that's true, the balconies are the same width. That giga can't be much bigger than the wreck you're on. That's so. a good point. I'll tell you why that Giga looks small to you guys. It's because your brain thinks that it's he's standing in front of railings. Yeah. And if you yeah. look, there's actually a smaller railing up front, which I think is an actual railing. I think what's back there is representative of maybe like double double tall uh, wall frames. Maybe. That, I mean, possible. The the other thing I want to actually say, if you can, if you skip ahead slightly to the 17 mark when the Giga mm -hmm. actually turns its head, look at the head layout. It looks kind of like it's got horns on its head which as far as i know the regular giga doesn't have that it, so oh, I don't that's know right if, so i'm it, i'm wondering if this is actually a new creature like a like they hinted in previous dlcs we're going to see possible mutations mm. of the dinos so i'm thinking is this a possible carno giga mutation or is it a alasaur giga mutation i think those tiny horns are actually on the regular giga i think it's just kind of weird to see them from that angle maybe because it does have those a uh, few spiny things and these weird sort of they're not necessarily horns but they're from the from the side perspective they could look like it they they have some weird fins and juts in their uh in their scales. Yeah, yeah. it could be, but I don't know. I I'll hold out the hope that it's, uh, <laughs> so it's the, a new donor. The tech enforcer has a teleportational ability. Yeah, uh, I guess for a limited distance. But wildcard, according to wildcard in their P in the PC gaming gamer article, they're still debating whether or not it'll be rideable and tameable. 
Yeah, but they also hinted as well that it may be craftable, in which case I think mm. it's going to be the case of... The, extinct, uh, the Enforcers are basically, to me, going to be the Extinctions version of Scorched Earth's Wyverns. You're going to have to find something in the world in order to either breed them or craft them, basically. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's skip ahead to, let's say, around 24 seconds. Now the shift changes from the back of a T-Rex into you know, what appears to be a flying object at the time. It's able to scan this particular purple, blackish plant that, or vines. Uh, I, I think that, to me, that looks like crystallized element. You think it's yeah, crystallized that, element? Yeah. I, th- I think, I that think, okay, I think every that's a form of element we've element, seen. Yeah. If you think about the, the fact of... Um, what the element is, especially because when you're in the element cave, you can, you can see it in, in a certain form. The arcs are primarily made of element to begin mm-hmm. with. Element seems to be endlessly transmutable. It can substitute for a number of other things. It can alter its uh, its molecular state uh, uh, to be a liquid, a crystal, uh, gas, because of various things we've seen. Uh, there, it can take any form. I think this might be natural element, like what it looks like in the wild, which presumably it's an alien ore, not native to the planet Earth. Right. And that's one of the things, I mean, kind of, it, those kind of gross, it reminds me of Tiberium during the, uh, during the Command Conquer <laughs> phase yeah, of yeah. Uh, radical terraforming of the planet. Yep. Mm-hmm. But note that the, uh, the UAV, when it's looking at it, there's a DNA helix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm very... Which is why I was saying plant-like or vines. Maybe. Well, well, there's nothing that says you couldn't have an or uh, 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 an organic source of power. True, but uh, it's why an I inorganic, went... an inorganic uh, something that has DNA could still be inorganic. Yeah. Or it could be that it's some kind of organic crystal. I, I think it's just telling you that that it, that resource is ready to be harvested. It's going to be something simple. Yeah, something that that grows that you can uh, gather. What about the rest of the uh, HUD for this thing? Maybe if it's clean. like any other video game, they're going to simplify it to where it tells you basically nothing is just art. And that depresses me. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, ju- I'm just waiting for the memes where it's going to be uh, friggin' uh, UAV is in the air. <laughs> well, it looks to be, it looks that there's a crosshair, uh, a status indicator on the a left radar hand side. On the right. Yep. Yeah. That Those could bars could just be random things to represent like power indicators, or they could be an altimeter. Mm. Or, or a rad maybe, meter um, of some sort. I yeah, bet maybe. you they just art. I bet you anything they just art. I mean, yeah, no, with thing... the exception of I bet you that radar is an enemy screen. I bet you that's interactive. Probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other thing I want to say about this, uh, particularly this UAV, the Scout, is what they're officially calling it. I think in the PC Gamer article. Yes. Um, the is it going to be a shoulder mount or will it be a deployable? I would that's assume what I'm deployable. But let's move on to. Uh... 26 seconds into the trailer, we see the binoculars at, shortly after the uh, scene where we're in the UAV itself, scanning mm-hmm. the formation. To and me, that so, implied that the binoculars are what you're using to control the drone. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I mentioned, going back to that, uh, the biomesphere uh, with the transition areas, uh-huh. I think this might be one of the transition areas. True. I know. I know we can't see the hexagonal shield right now, but I think there might be different transitional areas. So, 
for some of the warmer areas, there might be lava streams in between, whereas this one, we've got a more aberration-themed sort of semi-surface, semi-underground sort of, because the plants look very similar to what you would find in the radiation zone of um, aberration. Mm-hmm. It's Those, weird because um, it's sort of got a grassland like uh, right under the Rex is a grassland like uh, area. Yeah. Then yeah, it very much reminds me of red zones. And then at first I thought it was uh, going into ice, but if you look at the upper right hand corner, those those are crystals growing around rocks. Yeah. Not yeah. Ice. Well, also um, if you look straight ahead from where the binoculars are, you'll see the drone above that formation it was scanning in the previous scene. And that's mm. a pretty large formation of whatever that is. But is this also indicative of the range that you'll have with these scouts? I hope not. Because I, I kind of really like the idea of drones you can like shoot and scout around your server with like really quickly. Yeah, but you yeah. know how many people are going to use it to put a C4 on there and send it in to blow somebody up? <laughs> mm. That's the first thing I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm kind of wondering if the power of the UAV is determined by how much weight is on the UAV. So if you stick a C4 on it, it gradually increases the weight. And therefore, you'll get less distance. It's a wishful thinking at this point, but that's how I hope they implement I it. I think as... it'll be more like you put a piece of element into it, and it'll run on that element until it runs out and yeah. stops. Yeah. And it'll be something stupid like one hour of in-game time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, then I mean... You've got those really large bones as well. Yeah. Is, is that belonging to a titan or a titanosaur, maybe? Nah, it's too. It, those one bones of those... look way too big for I, even all, a titanosaur. Yeah, all of the times we've seen large bone formations in game, they've been too big to be anything in game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for all intents and purposes, they might not even be bones. They might be some sort of weird, like, ore formation. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can. Uh, there's. I've seen sandstone spires look similar to that. <laughs> yeah, there's some uh, weird stuff. Mm. I'm just those are bones. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm calling it, it wish, wishful, wishful thinking. Okay, uh, let's move on to let's say around 34 seconds in. Now, um, it's not going to show you in a still photo, but in the first couple seconds, you know, your GPS, which is being held in your hand, is flickering and going nuts. I'd like to point yeah. that out. The GPS uh, unit shouldn't work on Earth at all. <laughs> I knew that was coming. There, yeah. there are numerous reasons for this. One, those GPS units are designed to work on the arcs. The arcs don't rely on a compass or a GPS satellite. They just seem to be calibrated to work on the arc, uh, on the arc itself. So, well, um, I always figured they used the obelisk to uh, well, determine. I, I think the compass, the compass portion of it, does. Like if you look at the compass and point away from the obelisk, it will always point to one of the nearest obelisks. Mm -hmm. No, the compass works uh, The compass works on standard directions. I used to use it all the time. Oh. Um, mm. It's not global. It's it's only for the arc. It, it's, it, 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 it seems to be localized to the arc, so whatever is relative north on the arc you're on, that's where the compass is going to point. So this kind of weirdness, one, I don't know how it's calibrated to work on the Earth. So, yeah. I don't think they're going to think it this far ahead, though. I think I, I think I'm being you know way too autistic about this. <laughs> um, now, my question is: Is this supposed to be indicating that because he's up next to a fire pit, like you know, I just got here and I'm trying to make some food? Is he trying to go? Why the hell isn't this thing working? 
because it's not going to work at all. Or yeah. is it what's about to pop its head out? I was going to that's, say it's probably the indicator, but you know, I just wanted to point out we are right next to the blue obelisk which we saw in the beginning of that trailer. Yeah, and I, I think mm. you see the shield for a bit. You'll see a shield, yeah, later on. But we can skip to let's say around thirty-six. We see a no. Thirty-six. About we see the plane. The, Thirty-seven the, the seconds. Start to, we see the uh, birds and yeah. the shield, the tech yeah. shield or whatever that is. Yeah, that's, that's the arc shield. That's the force shield. So I'm willing to bet that when you take out your GPS, it doesn't do that animation every time. I think it's just an indicator that the Titan's about to spawn. Yes. Yeah. Just that the wreck starts backing up. Yes. I saw that too, yeah. <laughs> and that would be really awesome if your dino, if you're not mounted on it, starts to back up on its own when the Titan approaches, which... Mm-hmm. Let's see. And he looks up at it too, by the way. He does. Yep. Uh, he pops out around 42 seconds in is where you can first see... The Titans showing up. Yeah, there's a wonderful shot at 44 uh, at the second frame of 44 seconds of uh, a giant purple growth on its chest. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna just go there, and I'm guessing that's uh, the Corruption. same stuff that we were that the UAV was scanning earlier in the trailer. Yeah, the um, the element the elemental corruption that uh, Wildcard and PC Gamer hinted at. Yep, and then we've got those frozen. Uh, what looks like rocks made out of ice on its back, which mm. I thought was interesting. Uh, those might be those might be more crystal than ice. Yeah, maybe that's what I was thinking. Or it could be a particular kind of um, I don't know, maybe like a, a certain type of horn uh, on this creature, like back spikes. I mean, you can get uh, because what what is the um, an actual most horns on like lizards and stuff like that? They're like made of condensed keratin or something like that, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. So it might just be a uniquely colored form of that. Now, according to the PC Gamer article, the Titan will be tameable. And Wildcard Not says... Not falling for that is, one again. They're calling it a mini-boss. Mini-boss, that's ironic. Yeah. What, what Except that? and that, you know, there's going to be an end-boss, obviously, for the expansion, but it's nowhere. these mini-bosses are nowhere near the size of the end-boss, supposedly. Yeah, what's being as well, the, um, but I'm somewhat hesitant to say this, but I'm curious if by taming it, it's like the Dodo X tame, where it's only going to be available for 15 minutes. Uh-huh. Well, that's what a, I'm saying. There's no way that's a permanent tame. Or it's a, or it's a titanosaur it I, where yeah. you can put a saddle on it, but as soon as you do, it starts starving itself. Yeah. So the thing about the Titans is that they won't be freely roaming the map. Uh, they'll be in specific areas of dungeon levels. Yeah, and you, you have, have to, to find them. them. So can I spawn them in on my island through a tech transmitter? Oh, God. Yeah, um, but we do know that there are going to be different titans, according to the PC Game article, which yeah, says each titan which, will be a little different. Which I want to uh, touch on that a little bit with. They imply several, which usually means something like six or seven. Technically, it just means more than a couple, so three or more. So, could we see one for land, then sea, and then air? Possibly. Maybe. Uh, they would have plugged it, I think, if that was true. I mean, I don't I think do, they could resist. I, I do hope as well with the Titans that when they do add them in, they're not all the same, just different color. Uh-huh. They're actual different. <laughs> they're actually different from each other, rather than just copy-paste color variants. You know, there's something I'm noticing uh, from the angle we're at about the obelisk, and it could just be the sun reflection, or it could be the the two different sides of the obelisk that we can see the corner of one of them is a different color than the side we're uh, the side we're primarily facing. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, because remember the uh, all the other previous uh, arc emblems for the different DLCs, they always have the red, green, and blue. This one, the weird element-like growth has completely covered the lower portion of the A. The only obelisk marker we can see is the blue. Yeah, and that that says something to me because they like they changed the. Uh, the color patterns to coordinate with the positioning of the obelisks of the promo material a long time ago, and they've kept with it ever since. Yep. Okay, uh, let's move on to the the 52-second mark, where we transition from the ice and the titan to another section, I guess, of the map. This is probably just cinematic, mostly, because they're panning out to show us the yeah. uh, arc emblem. I thought yeah. that, too, I mean, first. I think I see the moon. Isn't that the moon up in the sky there? I yeah, actually but, I think mean, this is recycled from in-game asset. I think they rendered a, a movie, a cinematic, from an in-game asset because that looks like a very detailed model in the background. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it does go right into the Ark Extinction logo, which you'll fully see at, let's see, 102. One minute, yeah, this two could seconds. be the, the, the desolate space between two biomes, if that theory yeah. holds true. Yeah, true. Um, also, so we don't was... think this will be a part, we won't see this particular area in the... In the game, then this was just I'm made up for the... on it. It could yeah, be that, 50, or it could 50. just be part of this, a uh, part of the cinematic. Okay. I but mean, the the arc emblem itself is what I was uh, that I was just mentioning. That really has my attention. So you want to skip ahead to 105 then, or you, you want to go? Further well, back? it's fully centered, uh, at least on the video I'm watching at, uh, at one at the one minute mark. It's fully centered on the uh, on the entire A itself. Okay, we'll go to one set one minute mark then. There's no peaking of the light from the lower uh, from the lower diamonds out they're completely covered by the growth yes mm -hmm. once again that growth again will just go the only throughout the, this entire trailer yeah only the light blue one remains the red and the, uh, the red and the green are completely absent yeah and the only one of the uh, uh the only one of the promo uh shots that doesn't have those three uh, the three color-coded emblems on it is the ragnarok one so mm. all the other pro their their promo covers where they show the A, it's always the th the same three. Uh, on the left side is always red. On the right side is always green, except in really old promotional material, like really old promotional material. Yeah. Okay. Well then, um, that's pretty much it for the trailer. Nothing else except for the release date, which is November sixth. And you know yeah. they're saying they're, they're going to be they late. And I there? don't think so. They've been they pretty good. They've been pretty good about hitting their dates for the uh, recently, so... They have, but the timing of it is pretty bad, because don't we have Red Dead Redemption 2 coming out at that time? I know yeah, we have Fallout 76 cons... coming out then. And Fallout yeah, for... 76? Well, f uh, from what I... In other gaming news, Red Dead Redemption, I've heard rumors stating how uh, it won't be coming out for PC, it will be console only for the first year. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Because that's, that's what happens with uh, the last Red Grand Dead Redemption. Grand Theft Auto Five, yeah. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto Five, yeah. But yeah, we got a lot of games coming out potentially this uh, this year in like October, November. And so a lot, but not... the thing is, a lot of them are very console focused uh, releases. This one's going to be, you know, because we know they're not going to be get uh, the uh, the console is not going to be getting expansion the expansion at the same time. They that just doesn't uh, happen. I think. Wildguard's going to try and make sure that happens. I'm sure they'll try. <laughs> they, they try and do a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then uh, it also says at the end of the trailer, play the Extinction Chronicles events through November, which is uh, the archaeology event right now, and then there's going to be a couple more events, I believe. 
Mm. Which is um, something I did with the Extinction events. Is they're going to be releasing like a tech dino every month they mentioned? Mm -hmm. Yes. For the dossiers, yes. Yeah, which I think that uh, we got the tech works right now, which apparently you can tame. Because I haven't, I haven't tamed one of them yet. Uh, you guys... uh, it's only for this event. Once the event's over, you can't tame them. Uh, right. But now, well, thought, that's uh... the advantage of, be of not being on an official server. Screw those rules. Yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose I'd be able to find the game code and be able to spawn one in a single player or something. Or I'm sure there's a mod that will just add them into the spawn list again. Probably, yeah. But I'm actually curious what kind of other tech dinos are going to be adding in. I do hope the... Uh, my personal favorite being the tech raptor because from <laughs> what i think the youtuber syntac i believe he did a test run of the uh, tech rex i think and he found they were 20 percent more powerful than mm -hmm. uh, regular rexes and also uh it, you don't uh two minor details which i did find out one is instead of blood they bleed oil so when they get bloody. Um, <laughs> and two, uh, forget about um, custom mutations to get color arrangements. Uh, just slap a te bionic Rex skin on it, and then you can just change the colors, no problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, with the tech versions of these dinos, like we see on Aberration where if you tame Aberrant dinos, they're going to usually come out with higher melee than no non-aberrant dinos, but they'll have lower HP. We're going to see something yeah. similar with the tech. In this case, it's, what, 20% more in terms of levels overall? Probably something if like this that. this wrecks is any indication. But, I mean, uh, I, go ahead. When it was like, when it was announced with the tech wreck, I thought, ooh, is this going to be like another version of an alpha that could <laughs> potentially be tamed? Because that, that's my thought of it. It's like, oh, maybe they're giving us an excuse to finally tame alpha dinos, but they're making it out to be tech dinos instead. Yeah. Cool concept, but eh, we'll see what happens. Indeed. Um, one uh, In the PC Gamer article, they talked about a dino being called, or currently called, a gas bag. Yeah. A gas bag. Yeah. So People seem to be talking the most about those things, but they're not even in the teaser. Yeah, I mean, it's like, okay. All I could think was... Uh, the mother bug from uh, Starship Troopers. When that's I saw the right. gas bag. <laughs> Didn't even yeah, that. that's true. Or the um, oh, what was it? They were featured in like Mass Effect One, I believe. Like the first oh, level. Oh, you, they... you uh, was that the one you freed? And it'll show no, up later. No, um, it it's like it's a little kind of like Easter egg area, and like the first level, you can use them as target target practice they're literally named gas bags and like you shoot them they blow up and, like methane and whatnot okay um, but um yeah with the gas bags it'll serve like a pack meal loaded up with resources then inflate it like a balloon and float away on its back and then pilot it and it as it expels the air it has sucked in okay here's the question though is it going to be farting the air or is it going to be burping the air <laughs> it's got to be one of them. <laughs> and the question is, what's its feces going to look like? Yeah, uh, man. <laughs> and uh, we'll have two anuses like uh, like the wyvern. <laughs> okay, um, so we saw the scouts. There's also going to be something be that's temporarily being called an item balloon, so that for those who are out gathering resources, you can load up the balloon and then float it back to your base or the location mm. of your choice. Now that's uh, huge because I think we've been talking about a way to move things. Remember, it was yes, I think the last podcast bags. I was in. Yeah, 
It kind of makes it out, though, to seem like it's an, um, it's like self-guided, though, and from a Yeah, it sounds like you place a, a target or something for it to go to, or a location beacon or something, and it'll go yeah. to that. But from the looks of a concept art, it doesn't really look all that technologically advanced. Yeah, it looks very that. organic, doesn't it? Yeah, like primitive or something like that. Which is uh, something else uh, I wanted to say about the gas bag. Um, with the gas bag, do you think you'll be able to overfill a gas bag? And pop it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Use it as a kind of like an organic bomb. It's possible i'm sure there'll be a way for somebody to use to slot it um cap out the slots and still get it to move to where you want it to go probably we also have to see how big they are because the way i think of them i hope they're going to be something like a um like a shoulder pet but as soon as you blow them up they get incredibly large nah i think they're going to be like the size of a roll rat or something maybe but because yeah, it's supposed to be a rideable dino, so it's got to be yeah. pretty big. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, from the concept artwork, yeah, it did look pretty big, but to mm -hmm. me, it just looked like a a slug, a mo a slug or a moth that had uh, one too many clothes. <laughs> now, the balloon people players will be able to shoot down and uh, help themselves to the goods in it, so people would have to be careful with that. But it's interesting that we with both the the gas bags and the balloon, you know, mm. is this wildcard taking steps to try and finally try and phase out the body bag issues? And this is their solution to this particular problem. Maybe just transporting lots of stuff. I mean, if it's got more carrying capacity than a box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the other thing as well, but uh, you got to remember as well, it said transport supplies but i'm actually wondering can you actually just jump on the box and sail back to base that way because then it would nullify Ooh, the use of the gas nice. bag entirely yeah and give you a chance to protect your uh, goods yeah unfortunately if someone shoots you down you don't have a parachute you <laughs> then have you're a... out of luck <laughs> yeah <laughs> this, this might be me being hopeful again but i think it points to them really focusing on making the maps very vertical yeah Definitely, I yeah. think so. I mean, we're see we in in the trailer we saw at the very beginning the uh, the city with the skyscrapers and things. Oh like yeah, that, the towers. So that, by the way, when we were finally when they said that we were going to have a tech city somewhere on the island way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that being for Ragnarok as well. They said the original idea before they went to the DLC was they were going to have their own ascension, but then Wildcard put a nail in the coffin for that idea. Mm -hmm. And what were you going to say, Lady? Day? Well, I was just going to add that we were talking about the rendering of the last uh, scenes in that teaser where they're showing the Ark logo, right? And the city was in the background. Yep. I think, ha having looked at this like 50 times while we were doing this podcast, I actually think that's actually a zoomed-out view of that city. Yeah. The other mm. thing as well I want to mention or ask about the city is, um, especially concerned with aberration, is how high is the, sky uh, is the actual skybox? Yeah. Because in Aberration, like, not a lot of people realized how high you could actually climb up in that map. Yeah, Before you can hit the skybox, yeah. Yeah. Whereas with this one, I, the other thing as well I kind of hope is can we actually get inside those sky, skyscrapers? Mm -hmm. Because there was a lot of buildings in Aberration where I thought, hmm, I, like, the Nexus, I really wish you could actually get inside there and, like, look around all the different tech rooms or whatever. But no, it's all, like, covered in 
plant life and yeah. ivy and whatnot. I, I have a feeling we won't be able to go inside those buildings. I highly doubt it. I probably, would love probably it not to all, be the, not be the maybe case, one or but, two. Yeah, maybe. But I'm I'm not holding my breath on that. Like, now, sorry, like with that trailer, sorry, but uh, at the eleven mark in that trailer, there's right in the center of the screen. There looks to be like what looks like some kind of control room over on the other side, and I'm wondering maybe you could get inside there somehow. That's possible. I'll just have to wait for that particular one. <laughs> yeah, we'll just wait and see and see what happens. Now, uh, according to the article from PC Gamer, there's also going to be the cryo chamber that will allow us to freeze creatures into ice cube forms and then carry them around in our pockets. Uh, yeah. And then you can deploy them sounds, as needed. As dumb as it sounds, you know, it's Pokemon, basically, right? Really? They're, they're, they're taking it to that level. I'll tell you why so. I kind of like the idea, because I'd like anything that encourages actual dino combat. Uh-huh. Yeah, could it's you see like, a bunch of people carrying three titans and chucking them when they need them? Surprise! Titans you know, so I choose you. <laughs> though they say that the, the cube, though they do say the cubes are still heavy. So how much of a a reduction in weight will they do for the dinos? Well, we'll have to wait to see. But yeah, yeah, Titan, I choose you. Go. I mean, the worst thing as well is like you bring a titanosaur inside a building and you throw it down and think. Yeah, I'm just going to leave this here, and then it grows out and friggin' just, it blocks your entire base because it's now stuck in your base. I, I no. did find the interesting fact that the, if someone kills you and steals uh, it yes, off of you, just, it's yes. not theirs. I was just going to say, because we've talked so about this So there's a the high past. risk factor to this. Oh, yeah. this. One thing they've been missing in this game is the ability to steal teams. I'm yes. glad they got some way to do yeah. it. So I, I do like that as well. I just It's funny that you know we're more and more playing Pokemon, mm -hmm. dinosaur version. But at the same time, it's like, I'm kind of wondering what, not only the resource requirements to build it, but what kind of, um, what kind of restrictions, what, what's the catch for it making melts. the ice? Well, it melts, but at the same time, it's like, it's like with a cloning chamber. When they first released the cloning chamber, the cost for cloning was insane. What's the cost going to be now to freezing your dinos? Your firstborn I... child and an arm? <laughs> Probably. Maybe I don't think if you're, you're freezing them, I don't think it would cost that much. You're also shrinking uh, them. Mm, yeah. I'm true. I just, I'm, I'm anxious to see what new meta comes from these mechanics. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also curious about the weapons as well. Are we going to get a freeze ray as well? Free, <laughs> like freeze, freeze uh, griefers and then just as a new prison mechanic? You know how many people are going to make characters called Mr. Freeze for this map? Oh god, no! <laughs> if that were true. Uh, Arnold. Best Batman ever. <laughs> I want to um, thumb my eye out right now. I think uh, an indication that, that this might be uh, relying on vertical or verticality quite a bit would be uh, in the article itself where, you know, they talk about how they stress that uh, the movement features from Aberration will be president extinction which you know involves a climbing system glide and zip lines mm -hmm. and i figured you know there's no reason to mention that because it's obviously going to be a given yeah but i'm also wondering as well if they're going to include other dlc creatures within this dlc because with that no if because with all the other dlcs you never 
unless you bring it to there, you'd never really get the advantage of using that DLC's items in there. It's like we never saw mm-hmm. any of the Scorched stuff on Aberration. Like, there's no sulfur or there's no um, salt. salt Actually, there is, I found some in a corner of the map once. Oh, is it? Oh, I never it, found it's, it. It, it, it. It seemed like an Easter egg type of thing to me. Ah, right, yeah. But no, it's like, if we can use... If they're giving us the ability to make Aberration stuff on Extinction, I'm kind of wondering if Aberration creatures are also going to be on Extinction. Right. I mean, well, the Enforcer basically uses the animation set for the Rock Drake, from what it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I guess it'll depend on what we see from the tech dossiers that are released, and that'll determine which ones we see, because we were seeing the aberrant versions of all the downs we knew from previous installments for Aberration. Yeah. An indicator of what we would see on the, on the map. Now, uh, there's also going to be untamable corrupt dinosaurs, and... There are going to be areas of the world where corrupted element appears, which is uh, which is the the black spire growing from the ground that we saw in the trailer, and that corruption has spread to some dinos. This corruption has made these infected dinosaurs hyper aggressive and give them a hive mind mentality. And even species that normally flee from players will now attack if they're corrupted. And there will be new PVE events, which will occur in the world where we'll be able to attempt to collect large amounts of element while fending off wave-based attacks of corrupted dinos attempting to consume us. Yeah, that yeah, was the uh, tower cool. defense thing, right? Yes. Although, I will say this, they actually took that from a mod. There's a mod on uh, Steam Workshop at the moment called Call of Wild, which basically is exactly what they're saying. You could literally build a control panel in the center of an area, build around it, and then when you're ready, click press start and it'll just send continuous waves of dinos after you and like but you'll get a mixture of dinos you could have like a trike and a t-rex working together and they're attacking you yeah so it is interesting that they're doing a pve event to for people to mine farm element rather than what it is in island ragnarok where you gotta kill bosses to farm element or aberration where you gotta you know, use the terminals to manufacture the elements. Yeah. I hate using those terminals. <laughs> so slow. Now, I do I do hope that by farming these corrupted element, we have the ability to literally get pure element. Like, no using charge stations or anything like that. It's just straight-up element. That's what, mm-hmm. that's what I'm hoping. I mean, if they make that and... The rewards are justified based on how big the corruption is. Like, I, I imagine there's probably going to be like maybe one or two easy ones, which is like a small deposit, and then you're going to get massive towers, which are going to send in like the gigas, corrupt, like three corrupted gigas at you at once. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that will that will be scary. Yeah, you're gonna need to have really good tech defenses for that, I'm sure. What if the corrupted gigas have the ability to chomp through metal structures? I'm actually curious as well if any of the corrupted creatures actually have additional abilities which aren't given on regular yeah. dinos. I would assume that maybe some of these new tech dinos might one of them will have the ability to chomp through metal or damage metal. 
maybe, or maybe some of the smaller creatures, instead of just running up and biting you, they'll run up and explode on you in, like, crystal shards. <laughs> There's, like, some kind of... I mean... There was a video I think I posted in Discord about the fastest art creature. Imagine a micro raptor running at you and then it would just explode <laughs> like a grenade. <laughs> but then you have like six or seven of them running at you at once. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I also... don't need that. I, uh, I don't need that. That's kind of nightmare fuel right there. Yeah, I'm also really interested in seeing what the actual art depiction of these corrupted dinos are going to be. Because I'm thinking of, like, if it's going to be, like, a corrupted saber-tooth, it's going to be a bald cat with this, like, weird viney sort of crystalline growth happening all over it. Or it might be, a, like, a T-Rex with muscles which are bulging out of its skin or something like that because of all the mutation. I mean, I have a pretty depraved mind when it comes to mutations, so... I, I'm a 40k fan, trust me. I, I, I don't even want to go as far as my brain wants to. <laughs> <laughs> Although, it would be cool to see certain kinds of chaos mutations on. I'm going to stop thinking about that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably for the best. It's certainly a lot to unravel and think about, and uh, we'll set, definitely be hitting up on the dossiers once as they're being released each week or so. And I think mm. I, that's that's what I like about this teaser is it leaves a lot to the imagination. It's what I think a teaser should do. Yeah, I said do. that actually when I first saw this. It's like with the aberration one, it was like they showed us the whole freaking train. This is like one car. Yeah, one very expensive car. That I'm hoping it's not going to be a flop. I really don't want it to be a flop. Hey, hey, they did aberration really well. Yeah, which I'll give them props for. I mean, I granted it's not my favorite map. Story-wise, it's wonderful. Uh, for me personally, not so much. I just remember the first time I went back to a, a, a non-Aberration map after playing Aberration for a while, and it rained, and I was genuinely concerned about what was happening. No, you know what I was most pleased about when I left Aberration? No earthquakes. It weirded <laughs> yeah. me out that the Earth never randomly started shaking. I, I was so used to being on Aberration. That is also something I want to touch on as well. What is weather effects going to be like? Uh, there'll be some effect that's going to be amazing for the first hour and then annoying for the rest of the 2,000 hours. Okay, yeah. I'm going to say right now, if I see a Tech Jerboa, yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, okay. no. I need a Tech Jerboa. Screw everything else. We need a Tech Jerboa. No, we don't. <laughs> there's going to be there's going to be a tech to boa but if there's going to be special abilities it climbs up the giga and rips its eye out <laughs> okay if it does that i'll take everything i will take most of what i say about the boa's <laughs> back no, is what, what it's going to be it's for extra cuteness factor it's going to be a jaboa <laughs> and jaboa tech armor <laughs> only it's gonna they'll go extra cute and like make a shove a rabbit into a cat or something <laughs> so yeah do we think there'll be some kind of weather effects i mean we have it on we have weather effects on scorched earth then we had the earthquakes on aberration what kind of thing can we see i mean the there corruption i guess be would be crazy the crazy element weather weirdness on uh, on earth there just does mm. like acid rain maybe well the uh, way i thought it was that we might have weather specific uh design uh, things in each of the biomes and then when we get to the transitional areas going off that theory of transition areas mm -hmm. we might see stuff like rad storms uh acid rain maybe some kind of 
sandstorm or dust storm, which has poisonous spores, maybe. Yeah. I think it's going to be something similar to how in Aberration you cannot go to certain areas if it's, like, day. Yeah, and maybe. It's going to be some hazard, like a meteor storm. Something that makes the area impa impassable. Or maybe, like, a certain time a time frame of the day where you can't... Yeah. Um, like, on Ragnarok, for example, uh, going on the... Uh, in the volcano area, there's some points where if the volcano goes off, tra traversing that area is real death trap because you know a lot of your areas where you could go are no longer accessible because of lava. Mm -hmm. Which is another thing I want to touch on is um, I've heard rumors of how the Ragnarok devs have been doing or have been working on They're extinction. working on this map, yes. And I was yeah. going to ask... How big do we think this map is going to be? We're talking I'm about Ragnarok size. I, I'm hoping it's Ragnarok size or bigger. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping for that size. I mean, it might the transition areas. I think are probably going to be fairly small because I don't think pit players are going to really want to be traveling too far between each of the biomes. Uh, but well, imagine again, if the transition areas were like you had to walk a certain distance through the transition area and then it just you load to a new area. Maybe a literal multi-sectioned map. That would be an interesting concept, and but I mean, be... if this place is supposed to be the whole of Earth, we're supposed to be basically on Earth. I mean, and they they just restrict us to a tiny little area of it. That's going to be silly. I mean, unless they make it like a fourth area that we haven't seen let seen yet, like a like you were saying about a meteor strike earlier. Maybe if a meteor strike and. The only way that the arcs have managed to survive is by placing the obelisks around these strike zones as a power source. So they're leeching off a central meteor in center, and that each of these biomes are connected. Yeah, to it. I mean, these are probably the the the, the fact is these would have these pro these are going to be the prototypes for the arcs. I mean, you would not build the final piece of the project on the planet when you've taken all the effort to make the rest of it out in space. True. These are the prototypes for the arcs. We, and, and if they are running off of some kind of element or that slammed into the planet, it would make sense for them to center it around. It'd just be kind of disappointing. All yeah. Space. Uh, we'll see, we'll like, just have to see what happens. Of course, lo uh, load, uh, lo uh, load zones are, uh, are obnoxious in any game and then throwing oh, them yeah. into this game. <laughs> Considering the optimizations and everything else. Somehow Indeed. just transferring between load zones while you're on one server manages to actually uh, uh, lose characters. Alright, um, I think we're going to end it there. So, for our listeners out there, let us know what you think about the Extinction Arc trailer. Do you think we missed something? Do you have a theory about what's going on in the trailer? You heard something more about the map? Let us know. Because it is time to close out episode 95 of the Archaeologist Podcast. Thank you to our participants this week, and thank you for listening to us on YouTube and iTunes. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, feel free to like and share this video and subscribe to the channel. You can also leave comments or questions for us in the comment section below. Goodbye and stay alive, survivors.